In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord, this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What if I told you that the birth of Jesus was really not a major part of the Christmas story? What if I told you that the birth of Jesus was something of an inconsequential detail in the history of salvation? What if I told you that our insistence on observing this birth has clouded the meaning of Christmas? Well, if I said all of those things, you would think I was a Scrooge and a Grinch who is just being a know-it-all for no good reason. You would think that I was one of those people who delighted in bursting other people's bubbles, or I loved having the upper hand, so I liked to pretend that I had some secret knowledge. But really, I'm only trying to put the emphasis on the right syllable, as they say, or to consistently argue for Christian truths. For example, if we assume that Jesus was born on December 25th. He probably wasn't, but that's okay. Well, what really was the difference with Jesus from December 24th to December 26th? Virtually nothing, except his location, of course. 
He continued to depend on his mother for nourishment and protection. But just as he was just as developed, rather, and dependent as he was only a few days before. In other words, in any real sense, virtually nothing changed for Jesus from the day before he was born. Now, that's not a point I really make to a woman who's nine months pregnant, for I understand that there's a big difference between someone being inside of one body and outside of that same body. And the last time I checked, we do celebrate birthdays. They are kind of a big deal. In fact, I noticed that lovely line in the, in, of the Father's love begotten, the, the day he first revealed his sacred face. That happens when you're born. But again, the baby is the same person the day before they're born as the day they are born. It's the creation of that life that is the real change. And that is especially true of Jesus because of how he was created and why he was created. Yes, those are really the keys to the Christmas story. The birth story is important because the claims made about Jesus later in life, well, they might have inevitably led to inquiries about him. For example, who is he? Where is he from? Who are his parents? How old is he? When was he born? To locate his birth times and places and family and, and, and situate them to certain times and places and people, that would be important. I can imagine someone, for example, hearing of Jesus' birth later and saying something like, oh yeah, I, I remember that census. It, it would make sense that he was born in Bethlehem about that time. Or, oh yeah, I, I know his parents, I know that town, those are good people there, you know, trustworthy etc. But the amazing, utterly unique, and important part of this story is that God became flesh. The God who created this incredible universe, who knows all things, who is infinitely powerful, and who can choose to do anything with his time, became a human being. Now, if someone were to say, as is often said, that that's an especially narcissistic claim to make about God, that he would become like us, well, that, that might be true if it wasn't a true claim. But the Christmas claim is precisely that it is true and that it is wonderful. Just this week, for example, you might have looked to the eastern sky and noticed the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter as they came very close to one another. It was quite a sight. Now, as I looked out, when I looked out, they're like an inch apart. But I gather they are actually hundreds of millions of miles apart still. I mean, that really is impossible to imagine, isn't it? Those kinds of distances, that space. And that's just two little planets in our little solar system, which is just part of this big galaxy, which is just one of all these other galaxies. I remember the first time I saw Saturn using it. Who's ever seen Saturn using a telescope? A few. Oh, I'm glad I went to college and took that astronomy class. Really, we should go to an observatory 
It's amazing to see with your own eye instead of just a picture on a screen or in a book. It was like I didn't even really believe it was real until I actually saw Saturn out there floating in space with these beautiful rings around it. And the God who created all of that and many more such universal impossibilities, he became a human being. And when he did, even more amazingly, he did not live as the king that he was and is. He lived first in the womb of a peasant girl with virtually nothing to her name. He was raised in a small village in a rural area, what we might call flyover country today. Yes, he was a genealogical descendant of David, but that didn't get him or Joseph very much. They worked with their hands. He would have seen death and disease virtually every day of his life. He knew the heartache of barren wounds and the joy of new births. He knew the cruelties of political animals who were driven by ambition and the humility of God's humble servants. He saw the value and he knew the cost of a hard day's work and he knew the struggle to be obedient to all of God's commands. He lived among lazy swindlers, hypocritical religious leaders, and the pious faithful. As is true in our own lives, his life was a panoply of people and experiences that would have run the gamut. And God chose to become flesh to live among all of that? Why? Well, to redeem you and to redeem me and to live a life of perfect obedience among those who were made in God's image so that those who were called by God would be brought into his kingdom. From his conception to his birth, through his childhood and his adulthood, all the way to his death, Jesus lived among image bearers of God to save image bearers of God because they are incapable of saving themselves. God became a human being to save human beings. That is the headline, that is the story, as they say in the newspaper business, don't bury the lead. So what of this birth story? Well, it is, it is a nice story. It's wonderful. It's important. Remember that Jesus' birth in Bethlehem is actually part of Old Testament prophecy. Micah prophesies that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So it is important that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And the conditions into which he was born, I mean, let's just call it what it is. The family had traveled on foot, probably lucky not to have been robbed along the way, only to find that the most comfortable place to have a baby was a stable that reeked of animal poop. Yes, I just said poop in a Christmas sermon. Jesus was placed in a manger, and lest we think that 
comes anywhere close to some like boutique pottery barn crib with all the cozy accoutrement. No, this is what animals ate out of. It was a filthy piece of unsanded wood, probably held together by rusty nails, covered in remnant particulate of animal food, drool, and whatever else might have escaped from that donkey's nasty mouth. Wrapped in the cheapest fabric that Mary could afford, this is where the king of kings was laid. Well, I take it back. I guess that birth story is pretty important, for it shows the lengths and the way that God lives among us. It's the beginning of a life of sharing our sorrows and our joys but above all, knowing deeply how fallen this world is. And coming into this life, he lived a perfect life, obedient to God in every way, so that when he dies, his death and resurrection will offer to you, the faithful, hope and peace and joy. Just don't forget that the true scandal here, the dividing line between us and everyone else, is that we proclaim that God would dare to become flesh, that he would set aside his power and dominion and choose to live like us and among us. That is the story and the message and the meaning of Christmas. It began with the angel's visit it continues in this stable, and indeed, it continues with the whole life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen.